This is Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. Happy Monday and hello once again, Cougar Nation from Studio B at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah. Welcome inside the Coordinator's Corner. I'm your host, Greg Grubel. Great to have you with us for our Week 8 edition of the show. Coming up on today's broadcast, we'll look back at the Cougars' Saturday win over Texas Tech and preview a trip to Austin to face Texas with defensive coordinator Jay Hill and offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick. We start the show by saying hello to BYU DC associate head coach and safeties coach Jay Hill. Coach Hill, good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. Great to be with you. Yeah, congrats on the win and a great bounce back win for the Cougs as well. Well, that was a huge win. Um, first win versus a big uh, Big 12 opponent that had been in the league prior to this year. And uh, that was a huge deal for our team. Um, it was great to get back in front of our home crowd. Man, were they awesome on Saturday. So anyway, and tons of positives that occurred in the game, especially on defense. A, a lot of things that I was very happy with. I was going to say how good to be back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium because it had been 22 days without a home game, and it was a loud and lively game night. Oh, super loud. Um, it was electric. Yeah, that first turnover, that score in the end zone, it was so uh, deafening when that occurred. Anyway, our home crowd is absolutely outstanding. Standing. We appreciate all the guys coming and the passion that they bring to the games. After the game, head coach Joey McGuire said that was a great crowd. And he said, the end zone where the students are, he said they caused us some miscues down yeah. there. Well, they did. And the Rock's the best. I call them out all the time because I absolutely think they're the best student section in the country. They showed it on Saturday night. They were absolutely outstanding. So it was a week ago today, you were meeting with your defense to get set the tone for Texas Tech Week, and you were coming off the TCU game. Uh, what did you want to share with your guys a week ago, and then what kind of response did you get from them during the week, you think, leading up to game day? Well, I told them Monday that so many of the mistakes that we made in TCU were just uh, self-inflicted. And if we just do a little bit better job of aligning properly or executing a technique properly, then we would have been, I mean, 21 points better in that TCU game, just, just on alignments and execution alone. And I think that they took that to heart. I thought they came out and practiced very well Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We had probably our best Wednesday practice since I've been here. And it showed on, it showed on Saturday where we come out and get four, turno four, four turnovers on defense and one on special teams. I mean, that was a huge stat in the game. So what makes a practice stand out like you say last Wednesdays did? Mm, execution. Um, you know, if you're out there practicing, the scout team's getting a bunch of completions and they're, they're running the ball for yards and all that stuff, then that, you know, obviously tells you that we got to make some adjustments with scheme or we got to do some things differently with personnel or we're just not executing the way we need to. And I thought Wednesday was one of those things where everything was bang, 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 really clean. Uh, the scouts weren't getting any yards and it just looked like we were on top of what we needed to do this week. I'm sure there have been games in the past where you have a feeling during the, during the week and it maybe doesn't come to pass on game day, but maybe, maybe last week was one where you felt it coming yeah. and you saw it on game day? We did, for sure. I thought we practiced much better. I thought the intensity was better. I knew the players would rebound the right way. We have so much confidence and trust in what they try to get done, our players. They prepare the right way. They're tougher than nails. They want to be great. And now we got to do just our job in getting them in the right positions to be successful. And I thought the coaches did a really good job, the assistant coaches, of having their players ready to go this week. The question going into the week was uh, going to be Baron Morton or Jake Strong at quarterback mm -hmm. for Texas Tech. What were you expecting? 
Well, we didn't know, and after the TCU game, I basically told the players, I don't care who comes out at quarterback. Whoever it is, you better be ready to play your best game. You better be ready to execute at a high level because whoever took the snaps last week for Texas Tech at quarterback was going to be ready to go, and they were going to have him prepared, and we were going to have to do our best job to defend whoever it was. Really, the talent level between the two was not you know, a huge factor. Okay. It was more who could come in and execute. How did you hope to make life difficult for the guy, whoever it was going to be? It was Jake Strong, as it turned out. Well, we brought some heavy pressure early in that game. We had some drop eight. We did some four down pass rush. We had a bunch of twist games going on inside. Just as much as we could do to disrupt what he was seeing was going to be critical. I thought uh, the DBs did a good job with their disguises, and we mixed a lot of what we were doing in coverages. Uh, we played a lot of, you know, three high coverage, two high coverage, a lot of man coverage, and we we just tried everything we could to keep him on his toes and not knowing exactly what we were doing. Because he wasn't operating on a lot of reps, yeah. obviously going. In. You were also game planning for the Big 12's leading rusher at the time in Tosh Brooks. Well, Taj Brooks is a great player, and they gave the ball to him 31 times to hold him to 105 yards. Yeah. I thought it was a good effort. I don't know if it was our best effort, but there were so many things that we did well. This guy's a big-time back and one of the top 10 backs in the country right now with yards and carries. Um, so to hold him to 3.4 yards of carry, I thought excellent. was a good, excellent uh, outing. And what we're seeing is the Big 12's got a lot of really good running backs oh. week to week. My goodness. Well, it seems like every week we say that they, these guys got a top 10 guy. right? Exactly. Yeah. And every week they have a legit big time back in this league. And, you know, a lot of that's where these teams recruit. There's a lot of good running backs down there in that Texas, Oklahoma area. The reality is we've had to face a lot of good ones this, this year, and um, I thought the last couple of weeks we've done a pretty good job matching up against those backs. We'll get to this later, but from Brooks to Brooks, from Taj to Jonathan this week with yeah. Texas. All right, let's get into the game a little bit. Uh, by the time the defense took the field for the first time, BYU's already up 7-0. Mm. That's a great way to take the field, isn't it? Well, I thought the offense did such a great job of going right down the field, setting the tone that we were ready to play this game. They got the crowd involved. Um, and then we go in there shortly after and get the touchdown in that, you know, that south end zone in front of the rock. It just, it just got us off on the start that we needed to get on, uh, especially after, you know, not playing so good at TCU. I thought we rebounded well and had a good fast start. Between those two touchdowns you just talked about, Texas Tech had their first drive, went 14 plays, almost seven minutes. Those were season longs for them at the time, but you defended a third and two from your five and then a fourth and one from your four, and you did get the ball back when Jake Strong and uh, Taj Brooks had maybe a mess issue there, ball drops and just turnover on down. Yeah, that was a huge stop early on. And, uh, you know, a lot of that first drive, I think I need to do a better job of getting the players in position to be a little more successful. We were trying to three down front against them based on what had happened in the TCU game. And, uh, you know, we needed to be a little bit more stout at times, and I need to put the players in a little better position. But ultimately, I thought they did a phenomenal job of getting out of that drive. And our fourth down stops this year on defense have been huge for our team. Did Brooks think that was a pull there? It, feel, it looked uh, like it. It, looked like, it yeah. looked like he thought that the quarterback was going to pull it and throw an RPO. And um, there were a couple exchange issues. And again, that a lot was we weren't just trying to confuse the quarterback in the throw game. We were trying to confuse him in the run game. And he had a couple exchange issues on the next 
touchdown that we score on defense. Yeah. There was an exchange issue based on the look we were giving him. And, um, you know, there was a lot of things that the defensive ends did a really good job of it, just trying to confuse his looks in the run game. Let's get to that then. It was their second drive, and it began backed up at their own 10-yard line. First play, and it is the Rock end zone, and it's another exchange issue. And it looked like Brock Brooks didn't I – don't, I don't know if he was totally sold on taking the handoff. Either way, he drops the football, and then it's followed the bouncing ball into the end zone at that point. Exactly right. And, you know, one, one thing that – this is such a huge play by Max trying to flip this ball out. And when, the, when they're scrambling for the ball on the ground, Max comes in there and kind of flips it backwards right mm -hmm. there. Uh, what an outstanding effort by him and AJ and Eddie. And obviously you can see the excitement of the Rock and the, the team go crazy. But this was a huge play in this game, obviously. So Eddie gets the touchdown and BYU's up 14-0 like that. Now the place is at a fever pitch. And Eddie told his postgame that he had another TD just like it when he was playing for you yeah. at Weber State. Let's go back to Southern Utah in uh, 2021. You win that game big, and uh, he said it was almost the same play. <laughs> not, not exactly similar. There wasn't a fall by the running back, but he got it in the end zone. Yeah, it was. And uh, you know what? When it, when it happened on Saturday night, this is exactly the play I was thinking Were about, you? too, because <laughs> he, he had to come in late and got a got a strip, got the ball, and uh, everyone was kind of wondering what was going on. You could see the deflation from the offense, basically about the same reaction. So. Eddie's been a playmaker like this his whole career. That's awesome. Number five then, number five now, and career touchdown number two for Eddie. By the way, we'll get to this a bit later too, but uh, spoiler alert, uh, Big 12 picked Eddie as the defensive player of the week today. No, he deserves it. You know, the, with the touchdown, the interception. He dropped another one too in his hands. I, I told him you to get two interceptions and that. He might have been the national player. <laughs> yeah, <week>. right. <laughs> it was a great game for Eddie though, however. Uh, BYU, oh, by the way, uh, when BYU scores a defensive touchdown, uh, the Cougs are on an eight-game win streak. That's a pretty good indicator of well, success just, when you're we, scoring. We should do that more then. <laughs> just score more on defense. It's a simple thing. Uh, so you're up 14-0 after one. Uh, Red Raiders got on the board with a long touchdown pass uh, midway through the second. But then a great response from BYU offensively. The offense went 81 yards. They score, restores the 14-point lead. Then came the huge sequence, and that was when Eddie came up big again. Um, they converted a fourth down on the series, but Eddie gets the pick. It's his third pick of the season and 10th of his college career. Yeah, that was a huge deal. And if you if you watch that play, Crew Wakely slides over the top with the tight end, and he gets a tip. Just there an outstanding effort by Crew Wakely. And we're man, we're one block away from this going. I thought it was going to go, and then that guy caught him on yeah. the sideline. I, I felt like he had he had a good path there. Well, and I think it's smart by Josh Singh. He was worried about hitting this guy in the back right here, um, but uh, he, he just if we get that guy shielded. Eddie might go on this one too. So. And uh, again, pick number 10. Anytime he gets double digits in a college career, that's a pretty outstanding performance. Yeah. Uh, Cougars took a 24-7 lead late in the second quarter. Texas Tech did get one more offensive series, though, before halftime, trying to give themselves a shot in the arm, maybe. Ended up being the final play of the first half. Jacob Robinson gets his eighth career pick and fourth of this season. BYU's been really ball hawking this year. Well, they have, and those corners are playing absolutely outstanding. Coach Guilford has those guys playing at a very high level right now. Guys that you, you know I love. Um, but this is huge, and if you watch at the end of this, they were very well could throw a late hit right here, and that would give us 15 more yards for and, a and an untimed down. Untimed down. That was the last play of the half. Kicking Clock ran out. Goal. So yeah, I mean, you never want to underestimate the importance of these plays at the end of the half for sure. And I'm not sure. I mean, I think when the snap, the snap was at 11 seconds. Yeah. The play took a long time to end. I wonder if Jacob was thinking, okay, I got to get down or I got to get out or what. You might have had one shot, but yeah. who knows? We, we, it was close. It was close. That was one of those ones. Yeah. I don't know. I think you try to return that as far as you can. Which is what he did. Yeah. Happened to go to zeros. All right, you had the locker room up 24 to 7. Uh, what were going to be your talking points at the break on, on Saturday? 
Well, other than the one miscue on the blown coverage, I thought they played a very good first half. Uh, the run defense is getting better each of the last two weeks. I think we're more stout. We're doing a better job. Obviously, Brooks, 3.4 yards of carry, is getting more in the right direction where we want to be with our rush defense. He was at six coming in. He was. And the other back was at seven. So right. to hold them to what they were uh, or what we held them to was a big deal. Um, we're, we're heading in the right direction. We still have a lot of things to clean up. Uh, third down percentage is still too high. And that was a stat that we've been outstanding in certain games on. Uh, we're just, we're too high right now. We get to execute a little bit better on third down, get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback, and, and we're going to even create more turnovers if we do that. You excited? You still have five more regular season games to go to get this thing to where you want it to be? Well, we do. We've still yet to play our best football, mm. offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, the thing I look forward to is when we do, I think we can beat anybody, but we got to put together that game that we're so desperately wanting and, and uh, seeking, and it will come. You know, as the guys get more familiar with this defense, the better they're going to get. Um, it's shown in the rush defense. Like I said, the five turnovers in this game starts to show that we're heading in the right direction. Um, but, you know, you can't, you can't take this thing for granted. We've got to be right back ready to go against right. one of the top ten teams in the country, if not higher than that. We're, we're going up against a legit team this week. We've got to be ready to roll. Texas in Austin. By the way, turnover margin, national rank for BYU is up to third. All right, as we head to break, reminder to join Dave McCann and former Cougars Blaine Fowler and David Nixon tomorrow night for a brand-new episode of After Further Review. They'll look back at how the Cougars bounce back to take care of Texas Tech. That's tomorrow's 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app and ESPN+. When we come back, we'll see how BYU held its big halftime lead and took care of Texas Tech on homecoming weekend. Plus, we'll get defensive and special teams players of the week. This is Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Hands off to Brooks, and Brooks drops the football and still loose. And it's in the end zone, and the Pooch recover for the touchdown! All right, we're back on the coordinator's corner. BYU now 5-2 and two on the season and 2-2 two and two in the Big 12. After Saturday night's 27-14 home win over Texas Tech, Red Raiders dropped to 3-5 and five overall, 2-3 and three in league. This week, Cougars traveling to Austin to face the Texas Longhorns. Back now with BYU defensive coordinator, associate head coach, and safeties coach Jay Hill. We headed to our break a moment ago with BYU up 24-7 at halftime on Saturday. Uh, you want to put a hammer down defensively. You started the second half with a three and out on defense. Perfect way to kind of settle into half number two, wasn't it? Well, I thought they did a great job with that, just getting out of drives. I mean, uh, especially with the three and out, keeping them pinned, giving the office, offense an opportunity to go down there and really stretch that league. Um, and really the whole third quarter, there was a lot of good that went on in that third quarter. And the complimentary football, even though the offense wasn't scoring a lot in the second half, Ryan Rico was booming punts, defense was getting out of early drives. It was, it was a really, it was a good field position game that way. And BYU's 5-0 and this year when they win the field position battle. It happened against Saturday. Well, that and turnovers really are key stats into what we want to be as a football team. Uh, I thought we did a good job of that, playing complimentary football, especially in the first half. Offense was rolling, defense was rolling, special teams had some huge plays. Um, second half wasn't quite as explosive on either side of the ball like we want to be, but um, still so much good in what we did. Texas Tech's first three possessions, second half, punt, punt, turnover on downs. And the play that gets you the ball back was a nice play from Ethan Slade on a fourth and three near midfield. That was a turnover on downs, uh, about five minutes left to go in the third quarter. Yeah, and that was a huge play. He, he's close to intercepting that ball, you know, although it was better that he knocked it down because it was fourth down. But this is a huge stop. You really can see good the close. Sideline, go excited, get excited. Um, yep. 
And, and again, it just goes back to we, we'd given this guy enough looks. He almost throws another interception right between coverage right there. So uh, I couldn't be happier with the guys, how they responded, and just these plays they were making. And there's Ethan Slade making a play, and, and your safeties had a really good night. Uh, Slade and Crew Wakely kind of went all the way in this one, and they solidified their starting spots and just looked really solid all night. They did. They both played very well. They both made some huge plays, some huge stops in this game. Uh, got their hand on a couple critical turnovers. You know, Slade had the interception. Crew had the one that he tipped to Eddie on Eddie's interception. But just some really, really um, outstanding play by those guys. I was happy for them. Uh, there's been a lot of adversity that that safety group has faced this week. So for those guys to play the way they did. Yeah, the uh, adversity has good. been primarily injury related. And, and the early adversity came with Micah Harper going down, then Talon Alfrey soon after him. But we kept hearing that Talon was not going to be season ending and that he could be on his way back. Maybe you could update us on, on Talon right now. Well, we're hoping he plays this week. Um, there, there's still some, you know, some time for the doctors to clear him fully. But we're hearing this week, we hope. Um, and again, if he comes back, I think that that will be a shot in the arm. That will help us get better. But I have tons of confidence in Slade and Crew Wakely, Raider DeMooney, Preston Rex. Those guys have played pretty well and uh, have been put in a weird situation. I'm happy with the way they've responded. But without Micah and Talon, those guys you just mentioned have gotten a lot of meaningful reps, and it just makes you a stronger safety right it now. It does. You know, I, I said all along, those guys, we needed someone to kind of separate themselves from the group, but I feel good about being able to win with all those guys. Uh, now we need someone to step up and play at an all-conference caliber level, and I thought that this last game was uh, the right step in the right direction. How do you like to bring players back from injury in Talon's case? What, what, what's the right way to work him back in? Well, we got to be smart. Um, you, you know, he, he's got to get himself back into football shape so that we don't have another injury. But at the same time, we don't have a lot of time to wait. And so we just, we just need to be smart with what those reps look like. He's got to earn it back. Um, you, you know, when people come back from injury, they, it's, it's not fair to the other guys that have, you know, been battling so hard for the last eight weeks. He's going to have to come earn that back. But I have all trust and confidence in the world in that safety group that we can at least be in the right position in the right time and make plays like we did on Saturday. Excellent. Uh, back to the last couple of game moments. Uh, Texas Tech in that game did put together one more nice drive, uh, a 14-play grinder, 87 yards. Taj Brooks scored on it. He had an okay night, but you did hold a top five rusher coming in under his average, as we've talked about, and a good rushing team under its average for the night as well. Well, again, I thought the rush defense took a big, big step forward. Uh, you mentioned that long drive. That was a fr that might have been one of the most frustrating things of the night. Is we dropped two interceptions on that drive, and then we got an opportunity to get out of a couple critical third downs where we just got to be a little bit better in how we're relating to our coverage in those third downs. But uh, for the most part, so much good in this game. Better in the rush defense. There was a lot of cleanup in some of the pass defense things we were doing. Um, and the good thing is we still got a lot to, that we can improve on and, and become even better than where we are right now. And the one last shout out will go. We've seen it already, but uh, Ethan Slade did get his first career interception, yeah. which did take away the last kind of hope maybe uh, Texas Tech had to make it a game about six minutes to play. And Ethan gets a pick. Well, this was huge. Great job capping it. Eddie was pretty savvy right there with how he defended the slot defender. Jacob was in great tight coverage. 
on the outside and this lady just great job reading the quarterback's eyes. I have no idea where he's running right here. That little point <laughs> must have threw him off or something, but he's got a wall down that sideline if he just stays behind it. So we got to work on his uh, return. Okay. Uh, BYU ends up plus five in turnover margin. You're not going to lose many games at plus five. You won't. And uh, I think the offense is doing a great job at taking care of the football in our wins for sure. Uh, we've done a good job of getting turnovers in those wins. Uh, that's really the recipe for success in all of college football, but for sure with where we're at as a program right now, BYU. Yeah, Kalani era with zero giveaways. BYU is now up to 29-4 and four when you just don't give the ball away. Yeah. So that's, that's a half the battle. All right, uh, BYU now ranks uh, fourth in takeaways nationally, third in turnover margin, as we mentioned a moment ago. So you may be not getting home as maybe as much as you want to, but it's still been a disruptive defense. Uh, to put yourself where you are right so, now. So somebody showed me a stat last week. We're like one of the top ten in the country in quarterback hits. And I don't know. I don't even know who charts that. But we're getting hits on the quarterback. We're getting pressure. We're just not getting home. So, And, again, I think that goes to back to what I said. If we can just clean up our blitzes a little bit, our angles, the intensity of what we come with, we're, we're really close to being where I want to be. We're just not quite there yet. Okay, let's get to our post-game honorees then from Saturday. Defensive side of the ball, who do you like for players of the week this week? Well, I thought Tyler Batty was super physical. He was disruptive. Uh, he caused havoc on the run game and the throw game. I thought he was very good. And then Eddie Heckard's two plays were huge. You know, the interception, flipping field position right there, and then the touchdown uh, recovery on the fumble. Those two are the players of the game. And the Big 12 recognized Eddie as the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week, the okay. second Defensive Player of the Week for BYU this season. Tyler Batty had one earlier in the year. Yeah, seven games with you know, 12 teams or 13 teams. I mean, how, how many teams are in the Big 14, 12? 14, 14 teams, teams yeah. in the Big 12. Um, you know, to have two defensive players of the week, I think is a big deal. And again, goes to show that we're heading in the right direction. And we're letting Tyler Batty double up this week because Coach Kelly Papinga, he said Tyler's the special teams player of the week too. Why did he pick him? Well, he had the forced fumble on the punt, and uh, he does a great job with our punt team of just getting us in the right protections. And obviously, you see the big tackle there, and then he had the one where he forced the fumble. But uh, Tyler Batty is a guy that just brings the proper intensity and toughness to the game. <laughs> I'll say. Um, yeah, he is a focal point, and uh, how nice to have a guy that's so integral on the D-line be such a big part of a special team like that. Well, you got to put your best players on punt, and that's what we do. Uh, he's responded the right way. I think he leads the team in just the intensity and the overall tenacity that we want. We're trying to get, and we're not there yet, but Tyler is a good example of what we want to try to play like. Sure is. This Saturday, BYU travels to Austin, Texas to take on the seventh-ranked Longhorns. Tune in to Cougar Pregame Live on BYU Radio starting at 11.30 a.m. Mountain Time, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. As we go to break, this reminder that dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads. JCW's quality, and a lot of it, in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and Harriman. Coming up next, we'll preview BYU's much-anticipated matchup with the Longhorns. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. BYU improved to 4-0 at home this season and extended its home field win streak to five games with Saturday night's 27-14 win over Texas Tech. This week, the third of three Texas teams 
on BYU's 2023 schedule. Big 12 Texas teams. They also had Sam Houston. But it's a uh, Lone Star State trip for BYU. 6-1 Longhorns, ranked number 7, taking on the Kooks. And we're in our final segment with BYU defensive coordinator Jay Hill. Uh, Coach, another week, uh, another potential backup quarterback. Uh, Quinn Ewers banged up, uh, shoulder injury. Looks like he could be seeing uh, Malik, Mur- Malik Murphy uh, with Arch Manning as a backup. Uh, presuming Ewers doesn't go, uh, what did you see from a little bit of time from Murphy this past weekend? Well, Murphy's a big quarterback. He can run it. He can throw it. Uh, You go back and watch him in high school, and he was a great player. Obviously, there's a reason why he's at the University of Texas. But he's got a great skill set. Doesn't have a lot of reps under his belt. So, uh, you know, I think it will be a similar situation as last week in them trying to get him ready to go. Uh, We never count out the starters. You never know. (laughs) But uh, right now, it looks like it's going to be Murphy. He's a K.J. Jefferson build 6'5", 240, yeah. I think is what they have him as. Yeah, big, big, and he sits in the pocket, and he'll get the ball down the field, and he can run it when he needs to. Uh, I don't think that they need to run him very much. They got one of the top running backs in the country, and so I don't know that they need to run him too much, and they got a great you know, core of wide receivers that they can spread the ball to on the perimeter. But, um, yeah, I've said this before, it doesn't really matter who's the quarterback. we got to be ready to execute what we do. You mentioned the running back, Jonathan Brooks, the new rushing leader in the Big 12. He's averaging 118 yards a game right now on the ground. You'll see a lot of him on Saturday. Well, dynamic, fast, love the way he runs. Uh, He's got good vision. Uh, I swear it's every week we're playing the Big 12 leader in rushing. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's just, like I said before, these guys can run the ball. He's another one of those big top-notch backs that this conference has. That stat segment presented by Intermountain Health, the official medical provider of BYU Athletics. You see the Jonathan Brooks numbers. They played a wild game with Houston on Saturday. They're up 21-0 early second quarter. You're thinking Longhorns are going to cruise. That was a 24-24 game late. You, you can never count anybody out in this league. And uh, about time you start playing poorly, they're going to make a run on you. I don't care who we're playing in this league. Everybody's too talented. They're too well coached. Uh, if you go in and turn the ball over a bunch, you're going to get behind. If you can do a good job of taking care of the ball and getting some turnovers on your end, then you got a chance to be ahead. It's just it's, it's a great league, super competitive, a lot of talent in this league, and, and we're seeing the heart of it right now. Now, you've been in – leagues for a while but BYU hasn't been in a league for a while it's, it's kind of fun though to be looking at scoreboards and checking standings and see what's going on game to game week to week well and, and and one week you see someone play great and then they get blown out the next and like we go down to TCU we don't play great and then we play really good against Texas Tech and the TCU plays great against us and then uh, obviously Kansas State rolled them pretty good and it's just it's that league that if you're not ready to go you're going to get beat you got to be ready to roll every week in this conference it's been a fun league to be in for sure well good luck this weekend in austin we'll see you in a couple weeks heck yeah i can't wait all right that's coach jay hill tomorrow night join us for byu football with kalani sitake a full hour of conversations with the coach and a player guest in our live studio c audience tuesday nights 8 30 eastern on the byu tv app and espn plus coming up next offensive coordinator aaron roderick in studio b as the coordinator's corner continues we're at Brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Takes a three-step drop. Sets. Fires. Back of the end zone. Touchdown! Darius Lassiter! 
You are in the coordinator's corner brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. BYU one win away from bowl eligibility in its first season as a member of the Big 12 Conference. Cougs now tied for sixth in league after a 27-14 home win over Texas Tech Saturday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Coming up next, the Texas Longhorns. Our second half hour gets underway with BYU offensive coordinator and QB coach Aaron Roderick. Coach, good to see you once again. Good to be here. Uh, congrats on Saturday's win and a really impressive response after a difficult day down in Fort Worth uh, the week before. Yeah, I thought our players showed a lot of character. We had, uh, you know, got off to a fast start. And the most important thing in this game was just to take care of the ball. You know, the story of the game was they turned it over five times and we took care of it. And, um, you know, the week before we had, you know, had started off the game with a turnover. And so this week was just make sure we play a clean game. And I and, uh, thought, thought the guys did a good job of that. Was that the biggest thing that needed to change from one week to the next? Well, yeah, in our two losses this year, which turnovers have been the story. And um, in our in our wins, we've won the turnover battle, and that's the most important stat in football besides the score. So, um, and and that's something we've done very well at the last three years. Is we we've all usually been on the plus side of the turnover battle. So, uh, that was number one is taking care of the ball, and and uh, we did a good job of that. After Saturday, when the turnover margin is positive for BYU under Kalani, it's 35 and eight, the win loss, including a 22 and one at home record. Yeah. Yeah, the, the thing about the turnover battle is, you know, if, if you're taking care of the football, you're always going to have a chance to win, whether you're, whether you're, you know, going up and down the field or not. You, you give yourself a chance at least, and so uh, that was one one huge positive. Yeah, uh, the two the two stats in which you're five and zero with and zero and two without this year right now are the turnover uh, battle and the field position battle, as it turns out, and they kind of go hand in hand as well. Um, were you confident? Uh, we talked with Jay Hill already. He kind of felt after his week of practice that he could see a good effort on Saturday coming against Texas Tech. What sense did you have after the week of work you had that you would get a good bounce back? Well, I just felt like our players were embarrassed about the showing we put on down in Fort Worth, and I think they showed some, some character this week to uh, just have a little life, you know, and play with some energy. And so, I, yeah, I was confident that we were going to play hard and, um, you know, just have, like I said, better energy. I thought right from the start our players were excited to play and we got off to a fast start. You mentioned the words life and energy, and you hadn't played a home game in more than three weeks. Yeah. You got back in the building, and that makes that's a big difference. That's a big, loud crowd for Texas Tech. That was their first ever trip to the state of Utah as a program, and they got Lavelle Edwards on a, on a Saturday night. Yeah, our fans are awesome. They were a huge factor in the game. Uh, I thought they were you know, cheering us on, and they made it really hard on the opponent. BYU's now on a 30-game win streak when it scores an opening drive touchdown. And you got an opening drive touchdown on Saturday night. A big play was a 55-yard run from LJ to get you right out of the chutes. Yeah, that was good to, to get moving on, on the ground. You know, I mean, we've uh, you know been we put a lot of time into the run game uh, over the bye week, and you know it didn't really get a chance to manifest itself in the TCU game. But I thought we made progress that week, and then this week, you know, it was our best game rushing so far this year, and there were a lot of positives and. Uh, this, this was a huge play, a huge spark for us to get this, this big run on the, on the option play. And uh, how, many, how many chunk runs do you think LJ has had so far in his young career? I'm not sure what that number would he's, be. He's pretty good at getting yeah, second he, level, though. He he's, breaks tackles, and um, he's, you know, he's, that's the main reason why we gave him a chance in the first play is just his ability to break tackles even if the play's not blocked perfectly. So that opening drive, uh, you only got to one-third down the entire drive and it yeah. came on the third and goal from the three and you turned it into a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, th that was a great way to start the game and, and um, the, the touchdown play was, uh, this is some a play we've, we scored on that play right before the half against Utah a few a couple years ago. Uh, 
at home. I think it's been three years now already, but it's that's a that's a go-to play for us in that part of the field. Was that the Samson touchdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah same same play. Yeah. And, uh, Keaton and, and uh, Chase executed that perfectly. Texas Tech would uh, turn it over on downs after a long drive, and then a Texas Tech fumble recovered in the end zone, and suddenly you're looking at a 14 nothing lead yeah. early in this game. That's a great way to start it out. Yeah, great way to start. Our defense did a great job. Those those takeaways are huge. The game was 14-7 in the second when you put together your longest drive of the night, and it featured one of the catches of the year. Uh, by Darius Lassiter on the sideline. Chase Roberts has company in, in the one-handed club. This was beautiful. Yeah, Darius, he does that a lot in practice. And, um, you know, usually you want, you want to put two hands up for the ball, but they were kind of tugging on his other arm. And if you've ever shook Darius's hands, they are freakishly big. <laughs> he has huge hands. And uh, he makes catches like that all the time in practice. Um, makes them look really easy. So um, we actually weren't surprised at, at this play. And that would not be the last we'd hear from Darius yeah. Uh, on this night for sure. Uh, later in the drive, you run a reverse flea flicker. Uh, LJ to Cody to Keaton, and then downfield to Isaac Rex sets you up. I think that set you up for a first and goal after that. Now, I don't know if you, I mean, whether they're specials or gadgets, uh, in a lot of ways, they're just part of your playbook. Yeah, right? that one's just a regular play for us. We've been running that play uh, all the way back to Zach Wilson days, and we are, our completion percentage on this play is really, really high. I can only think of one time in the last five years that it didn't work. Um, Isaac's got four or five touchdowns in his career on this exact play. And, uh, we see the Stanford last year? Yeah, yeah. he scored yep. on that play against Stanford yep. last year. We threw, uh, we threw to Gunnar Romney on this play against Arizona State a couple years ago. Uh, Isaac scored on that play against Central mm -hmm. Florida. It's got a good track record. It does have a good track record. Uh, and that did set you up first and goal. Every play on this drive was a pass. Yeah, we um, you know we started out in that first series running, and then the second series they just you know we had a good couple good pass completions, and then we just felt like Keaton was in rhythm, and we just kept rolling. Keaton went five for seven through yeah. the air, and the final play more Darius Laster, Darius's touchdown catch, fourth of the year for Darius. He's been I mean and under the radar, quiet, whatever. He's been really good for you. He has been, and he gets better every game. Uh, Darius, Keelan, and Parker are all sort of quietly progressing I think in a way that you know you watched in the past the, the the process that Dax and Neil Pau and Gunnar Romney and those guys they went through it in their first year where they did a lot of good things and then it was year two year three where they were great and I see those guys sort of emerging like that for us right now and, and emerging by necessity in a lot of ways too because you thought you had uh, you know maybe a big three of returning wide receivers and Chase Keanu and Cody and the injuries haven't let that really develop but the other guys who got the opportunity took advantage. Correct. Yeah, they, they've been, uh, you know, we've had to count on them more than we expected uh, early on due to those injuries. But um, it is nice to have Cody back, though. He's yes. playing good football for us. As for Keanu, we're just kind of in game-to-game uh, -game mode on him? Yeah, yeah. He's it's nothing super serious, but we're hoping to get him back soon. Okay. Eddie Heckard set you up uh, for one final first-half drive in this in this uh, first half with a pick, and Will Farron got you three points. So you're up 24-7 at halftime. No giveaways. You were three for three in the red zone. A really efficient first half, 24 points on 27 plays. Yeah, that was that was a good half. Um, I was really pleased at halftime with how we played in that first half. Both we ran the ball and threw it efficiently. And it was probably, it was definitely the best half we played this season. And um, you know, second half unfortunately wasn't quite as good, but it was a it was a great start. We'll get to that in a bit, but BYU's excelled at getting bang for its buck. I think is the best way to put it. You've been able to find enough points to win games, five of them. Uh, ball security, red zone efficiency, field position advantages are three huge keys for you right now. 
Yeah, it is. And, you know, those are by design. This, this is a team. We, we play to win as a team. Um, we, uh, it's, it's a, you know, all three phases fit together kind of operation. We're not just out there recklessly, you know, playing one style on one side of the ball, another style on the other side. We're trying to make it fit together and find ways to win as a program. And, you know, that formula might evolve a little bit from year to year, but right now that's what's working for us. And we're five and two and uh, we're going to try to keep Go get another one this week. The great thing is you have at least five more chances to get better and get to where you want to be offensively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we definitely want to improve. We're not – no one is happy with uh, our stats or anything like that. But uh, at the end of the day, it's about getting a win and doing what you have to do to, to win. And as you noted earlier, you don't have to necessarily always be the team going up and down the field to get the result. You've shown that so far. Yeah, I mean – Obviously, we'd like to be able to just go up and down the field. You want to be that team. Yeah, you want to. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's, we're working our way through some things, and I think we're finding ways to get better, finding ways to use our players. And, uh, but at the end of the day, if you take care of the ball and you're efficient in the red zone, you know, and you get, when you get down there, get touchdowns, um, you, can, you can still win a lot of games just playing smart. And BYU's shown that to 5-2. and two. You can get ready for Saturday's showdown between BYU and Texas with BYU Sports Nation Game Day's expanded pregame coverage starting two hours prior to kickoff at 1.30 Eastern, 11.30 Mountain Time on BYU TV. When we come back, Aaron Roderick breaks down the second half and gives us his Offensive Player of the Week or Players of the Week today. As the coordinator's quarter continues, more brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Back with more right after this. Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Smith's, low prices, market fresh. Welcome back to the Coordinator's Corner. I love this show. Visiting with BYU Offensive Coordinator and QB Coach Aaron Roderick as we review BYU's 27-14 home win over Texas Tech on Saturday night. BYU now 5-2, and 2-2 two, two and two in the Big 12. We ended our first segment uh, with BYU leading the Red Raiders 24-7 at the break. BYU's now won 16 consecutive games with a lead of 14 or better at half. BYU's good at holding a substantial lead. With a 17-point lead, how were you planning on calling the second half? Well, we, we were still planning on – there's a lot of football left, and, and uh, we were still planning on calling the game aggressively and playing the same way as we did in the first half. Um, we just uh, – I thought second half we didn't execute quite as well as we had in the first half, especially in our passing game. We had just uh, had some errors and some things that didn't go as, as planned. But um, there was no there, – there's too much game left to, you know, take your foot off the pedal. So that was not – that was not by design, or that didn't, uh, the design was to go out and keep playing, you know, just keep, stay aggressive. The pass game may not have been what you wanted it to, do, to be in the second half, but the run game, had, you had your best rushing game of the season, and you got Aiden Robbins back after four missed games, and maybe not even two really all the way there games for him to start the season. He looked good, 16 carries on the night. He did. It, he looked like what we expected, you know, what we saw on film when he played at UNLV. Uh, he's a physical runner. Uh, he's a big guy. That's that's he's fast. He he has a good burst and um, thought he he looked like he had fresh legs out there too. You know he's that's really he hasn't played in a while, so he looked really fresh. 
And you get to this point in the season when teams are getting worn down and you bring a guy in like that, it has a big impact. Didn't see a lot of LJ late, in part because you were using Aiden there. Is LJ okay? Is he a little banged up? Or is yeah, he all good. good to just, go? just uh, Aiden. We just felt like LJ did a, you know, did a nice job too, and then Aiden kind of got hot there, and we were just kind of riding the hot hand. That's a pretty good one too, though. If Aiden comes back the way he is, and you've got LJ going, and with Miles still in the mix, yes. uh, you've got you've got a good room there. It is, and Dion had a huge run in the first half. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. We we actually called a play into a kind of a bad look and pitched pitched him the ball, and they, we had an unblocked guy could have tackled him for a TFL, and he broke the tackle, and I think he made nine or ten yards on that run, and then we ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. That was a uh, that was a big play. Yeah, don't want to leave out Dion. You've got kind of your four guys, uh, yeah. top four in the running back depth chart. Um, ran for a season high 150 yards, it's just a number, but. Um, Satake era BYU is now a 46 and nine overall, 23 and one at home. When you get to 150 plus, it's a good sign of balance. Yeah, it felt a little bit more like what we're used to. You know, we're yeah. we're not there yet. We got a lot of work to do, but it did feel a little bit more like the offense we've been used to the last few years. And now, if we can just get our play-action pass game going to match that run game, uh, I think you know there's a lot of points out there where we can score. BYU's defense kept the Texas Tech attack at bay in the second half. They did a great job at making sure that the Red Raiders could never really make a surge. The lead was never really threatened. Uh, you had a clock-churning drive to essentially end the game. You went into four-minute mode in the fourth quarter, but you possessed the ball for five and a half minutes late in the fourth, basically grinded the game out. We did, and that was probably the most satisfying part of the game, I think, for me and for a lot of our players was just to, to take that five and a half minutes off the clock, impose our will on the other team there for a bit, get some first downs. We ended up punting it back to them with 30 seconds left, but with a, a two-score lead, and we pinned them deep. Pretty the game's much, over. Pretty much game over. They had no yeah. timeouts. So I was really proud of our players for that. And again, that felt like, you know, uh, a little bit more like who we've been the last three years. And, and so, uh, you know, a lot of things to work on, but that was, that was a really positive uh, part of the game for us. And I think we can you know, build on that as we go forward. When Tyler Algier was here, that felt like the specialty of your season was those drives to end games. Yeah, Tyler's uh, last year here, I think we had five or six games where we ended the game in four-minute offense, just eating the clock and, yeah. and either in victory formation or scoring. And so um, that, was, that was fun. Uh, Keaton had an exceptional first half throw on the football. Didn't have to do a lot after halftime necessarily, and you, could have, you thought maybe there was some more there. But your assessment of Keaton's game overall? Thought he played a really good first half. Again, uh, second half it wasn't his best, uh, but also wasn't our best as a team. I thought we had some errors in that second half uh, in, in a variety of ways. Uh, a couple times it was pass protection, a couple times it was route running, and then there was a few plays that, where Keaton could have played better. But, um, but the first half you know, was really what set us up for the win, and uh, second half we did, did enough to hang on. Plus five in the turnover margin zero giveaways. Under Kalani, BYU is now 29-4 and four when you just don't turn the ball over, including a 15-1 record at home. Yeah, sounds boring, but that, <laughs> that, that, uh, that, that stat is, is, is key, you know, so that's why we, you know, we account for, uh, we put so much time into taking care of the ball. It's not just about who's carrying it or how they're carrying it. It's about the actual, it's pass protection, you know, variety. It's run game variety. It's finding ways to make sure the ball is protected. Um, by not having free hitters and those types of things. Okay, I got to have you weigh in on the fact that BYU's 20 and one in its last 21 night games, including 17 and one in the last 18 night games at home. Pretty wild. It is wild. Yeah. Is there anything to it? Sometimes it's a 
I, there's I, good things happen for you guys. I just, I think you just have to give credit to our fans. I think, I think it's, you know, it's electric at night in that stadium, and our fans, our fans are great. They make it really hard on the opponent. There's an effect, on, it, it and is, that tactical effect in the game. It makes it hard on the opponent, and I think our fans do a great job of just giving our players a lift too. You know, just the excitement and the buzz in the stadium when we do something, you know, well in the game. It's, uh, it has an impact. I'm not sure how many of the 100,000 Saturday will be wearing BYU blue, but Kalani says we've got to find a way to find find a way to summon the energy in these road games too, the way you do it at home. Yeah, it's a challenge, and that's the challenge this week is we've got to go down there and fight. And um, so we are, you know, looking at every possible way we can to tweak our routine. There's, there's been we're, we're going to try some things to see if we can go out there and be ready to play a great game. Have you check in on one last stat before the break here. Uh, you'd love more points and more yards, but BYU is seventh nationally in yards per point. Bang for the buck again. You're, you're getting a lot of what, uh, what, what you're putting out there right now. Yeah. You're getting as much as you can out of what you're putting out there. We right are. Now. We are. And, and you know, I'm, there, there's some things we are doing well. Um, we, no one in our building is satisfied. You're not satisfied with anything we, right now. We don't want to have to look for those types of things. We want to just keep getting better and uh, – all you can control is this week. We got one game this week against a very good defense, and so we're going to just go try to play our best. Let's get you the offense. Let's get our our viewers the offensive players of the week. A couple of offensive linemen today. Yeah, our, our guards both played their best game since they've been here. They're both transfers. Uh, Paul Miley and Waylon Lapuaho both played very well. Uh, showed they're both really physical in the run game, and were a big part of the reason why we had our best rushing game of the year. At 150 yards, and hopefully more to come. All right, time again for a break, and as we step away, we remind you that for your Cougar Sports day-to-day play-by-play, tune in to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Coming up in our final segment of this week's show, Coach Roderick helps us look ahead to what the Cougars need to do to find success in Austin. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coordinator's Corner continues. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. This Saturday in Austin, Texas, BYU plays the Longhorns for a sixth time. BYU 4-1 in five previous games against UT. Wrapping up our visit with BYU OC and QB coach Aaron Roderick with a look ahead to this weekend's game at Texas. Your early impressions of this Longhorn defense, which ranks very highly in multiple categories. Yeah, they're outstanding. Uh, as good of a defensive line as I've ever seen in 24 mm. years coaching. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, Defensive line is outstanding. Uh, middle linebacker is uh, preseason player of the year in the conference. Jalen Ford. Yeah, and then uh, very long and athletic secondary. So it's going to be a fun challenge. How many, uh, and you have a staff with you, how many games are you trying to get a feel for? I mean, how many are you looking at to want to get the, the best sense from this team? Uh, well, our breakdown is about five games, but we pull clips from a lot of games. You're cutting up from a lot of yeah, different we're things. Look, there's more than five involved in it. And then... And then uh, we, we watch the other games that, that aren't invo- even in the cutups. But if, if you put too many games in, then you get too much information that you can't you can't you don't have enough time yeah. to go through it all. You see, their eight and third down defense, third down offense is an area you're looking to improve in with your guys. Yeah, and our biggest problem with third down offense this year has been too many third and longs. So if, if we can continue the trend of improving in the run game a little bit and be a little more efficient on our early downs, uh, that that'll be our best chance to improve on third down. Came down about a yard felt like in terms of average distance this past week I think that's correct I yeah. haven't even looked at that number yet but um, you're, you're, you're closer to third and seven than the third and eight third and nine you're dealing with yeah and that's hard you know third and third and eight's hard yeah yeah uh, is there anything that uh, 
you are most excited about maybe in these last five games that you feel that you're close to that that I see this thing coming if we just if we keep on the on the on the track we're on well I just see improvement in a lot of our new players I, I you know I think um, we are we have a lot of good players who are playing together for the first time this season and I think each game that we play together you're seeing a little bit more unity a little bit more execution as a group as you know as opposed to just good individual players we're, we're starting to execute a little bit more as a unit um, but we still have a lot of work to do how big a deal will it be uh, to get that sixth knowing that you've got a bowl wrapped up in your first season as a Big 12 member there's work to be done to get that sixth win but you're right on the precipice right now you're close yeah, that'd be great. Um, right now, just really want to just think about winning this game. You know, it's a, it's a one-week season. Every week. Every week. But really, we're just trying to go 1-0 and go play a great opponent in their stadium and get that win. And don't want to think too much about the end result at the end of the year. What's our record or, what you know, where do we end up? You just focus this week on this game and if you just keep doing that then you know by the end of the season you'll be happy with the results. I would note that the, the other newcomers are struggling for wins right now in this league so to have two already is, is an accomplishment hopefully many more to come. I think it would be a big deal to get to play in the postseason in your first year in a P5 league and you're one win away from that but you're one win away from just the next win and that's where you're focused on. Yeah, yeah. This, this conference is wild man. <laughs> it's yeah. tough. Every game is tough. Good luck this weekend, Aaron. Thanks. Okay, we'll see you next week. All right, that is Coach Aaron Roderick. That'll do it for Week 7 of the Coordinator's Corner. Make it Week 8 for this week. For Coaches Hill and Roderick and our entire crew, I'm Greg Rubel. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Go Cougs.